And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, I noticed I noticed that the big voice that introduces me, he left out one very important piece of information that we talk about on the show. Do you, do you know what it is? I mean, he talked about cash flow. He talked about creating wealth. He talked about investing in real estate. He talked about a bunch of things, didn't he? That led into me coming onto the show. But what's the one thing that he left out? What's the one thing that we talk about on the show ad nauseum that he left out? Markets. I'm not talking about your grocery store. I'm talking about the general markets that you invest in. Did you know that markets are independent of each other? Did you know that? Did you know that markets exist in different parts of the country? Did you know that within those different markets, there are submarkets, and within those submarkets, there's even more submarkets? It's, it's amazing how the markets work. And here's the thing about real estate. A market can be doing very well in one part of the country, and it could be depressed in another part of the country. And you're probably thinking, well, why is that? How does that happen? Aren't we a part of the United States of America? We are a part of the United States of America, and there are national policies that affect all of our different markets. But our markets are more local. Did you know that? Did you know that markets are really local? They're not really global? You've, you've been taught a lie. You've been taught a lie. I'm telling you, you've been taught a lie, and you're going, wait a minute, Al, hold on. Time out, Al, time out. There is such a thing as global markets. Yes, I agree with you. There is such a thing as global markets. And you're also thinking that because we have this global market in around this entire world, that that global market affects everything real estate in the United States. And I'm here to tell you, not really. Not really. Maybe a little bit of an effect, but here's the problem. You're trying to take a worldly approach to markets and you're trying to apply it to a local marketplace where you're considering investing. Now, you should not, and I'm going to be very clear about this, you should not discount any of the information you're getting from that, that worldly marketplace. Because like I said, there may be a little bit of an impact from that worldly marketplace on your local marketplace that you want to invest in. But the reality of it is this, the majority of that impact comes from local sources. It comes from locally applied impacts, locally applied inputs. Look, you get in the picture, right? I don't have to say it again. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I did not want to say locally applied one more time. It was about ready to make my head explode. Yeah. But let's get back to this, this discussion of markets because markets are very important. Now, when it comes to real estate investing, you can invest anywhere you want. You can. You have the ability as a United States citizen to invest anywhere in the United States. There are no prohibitions against doing that. Therefore, every local marketplace in the United States, it's available to you. It's up for grabs. Should you invest in your local marketplace? Well, it depends. It 
It depends. It depends on a lot of things. It depends on things like the economic stability, the population and the demographics of the area, the market supply and demand, affordability and rent potentials. It depends on infrastructure and amenities. It depends on market trends and future prospects. The regulatory environment impacts those marketplace. And you have to consider the risks and the potential obstacles to investing in any marketplace. Man, I said a lot, didn't I? I made your head hurt, didn't I? Well, that's what we're going to do on today's show. This is one of those head hurting shows. I'm going to get into your head and we're going to dance around a little bit. And we're going to talk about what makes an effective marketplace for real estate investing. Not every marketplace in the United States is an effective marketplace for your money. I'm just here to tell you. If you live, let, let, me, just, let me just pick on one part of the country, shall I? If you live in San Francisco, California, that may not be the best place for you to invest because there are a lot of problems when, with investing in San Francisco, California. Let me just tell you the ones that hit me right off the top of my head. Without going to the internet, without doing any research, these are the things that I know about why I don't want to invest in San Francisco, California. It is not a landlord-friendly state. Well, it's not a landlord-friendly city either. You can only do certain things. You can only rent them a certain way. You're probably going to find that you're going to be subject to rent controls and all these artificial impacts that the local populace has put on the marketplace because they feel it's appropriate for that marketplace. Why would I go to a place where it's going to become that much more difficult to invest so I don't go there? I think that's fair. Okay, there's a place in Texas called Bear County. So why am I bringing up Bear County? Well, Bear County is one of the counties in the state of Texas. By the way, Texas just happens to be rated as the number one landlord-friendly state. More on that in a little bit. But let's get back to Bear County. The city of San Antonio is the, if I recall correctly, the seventh largest city in the United States by geographical footprint. Yeah, in other words, it, it has so much surface area that it's actually the seventh physically largest city in the United States. It's not the seventh largest by population, not even close, but it's the seventh largest by geographical dispersity. San Antonio has pretty much consumed almost all of Bear County. It has almost consumed all of Bear County. And as a result of that, San Antonio and Bear County have a pretty good working relationship with each other. They, they do things to complement each other, and I think it makes for a pretty decent place to live. Now, I used to live in Bear County. I moved across the county line. I now live in a place called Kendall County. Kendall County is a smaller county. Uh, it, it has the cities of Fair Oaks Ranch, well, some of Fair Oaks Ranch. It has the city of Bernie in it. It's got comfort. It doesn't have the big geographical space that Bear County has, because Bear County pretty much supports all of San Antonio. So why am I bringing this all up, and why am I just going on and on and on about Bear County? Well, Bear County tops 2 million people, and, now get this, and it grew 17% over the last decade. Why is that important? It means that people are moving to Bear County. The population base in Bear County is getting bigger it's getting much bigger. San Antonio, well, let's call it what it is, sanantoniorreport.org. What they did is they did a study back in March of 2023, and their conclusion was this. San Antonio's growth continues as Texas surpasses 30 million residents. Now, that talks all the way about the state. It talks about the fact that the state is growing. 
So what I'm telling you is that Texas is one of those cities where population is increasing. Why is that important to you? It means there are more and more people competing for the available housing stocks every day. Every day. Yes. Now think about it. If you have 100 units of housing, let's just call it 100 units of housing, and you have 100 people that want units of housing, you have a balance, right? There's 100 people that want housing, and you have 100 units. So you can provide a unit for everybody that wants one, right? What happens if the growth goes up 17%? You would have 117 people wanting housing, but you only have 100 units. Okay, maybe you build a couple more units. Maybe you built three more units. So now you've got 117 people looking to utilize 103 units. What happens? It means 14 people are going to be unhappy because there's no units for them to occupy. How do they change their position? How do they get noticed? How do they maybe get into one of those units that they couldn't get into? Well, maybe they counter offer. Maybe they come back and go, look, I know you're only asking $1,200 a month for rent, but we've looked at our finances and we really like this property. We'd be willing to pay you $1,300. Oh, you'd pay more? Yes, we'd pay more. Well, maybe, maybe I'll rent to you instead of the person I was thinking about renting to, or maybe I'll go back to the person I was thinking about renting to and saying, I got a better offer. Would you be willing to match it? Now, some of you are screaming at the radio, that is an improper way to adjust your pricing. And I'm here to say, I wouldn't do it, but some people do. Some people do. But it doesn't negate the fact that there are more people in the geographic area than there are available housing units to occupy all of the demand for housing units. So what do people do that don't have access to housing units? Well, they might go live with a friend. They might rent a hotel room and stay there for a while. They may get this, sleep in their car, or they may become part of the homeless problem. There's, there's all kinds of remedies that they could pursue, but it still doesn't get them into the housing. Why do I care if population growth is going up? Because I know that there's a direct correlation between an influx of population and values of real estate going up and values for rent going up. Did you know that San Antonio alone it experienced about a 20% rent growth from the period of 2021 to 2022, a 20% rent growth. Now you're probably thinking, well, what, what is a normal rent growth? What, what should that have been? Normal rent growth is probably more in line with what inflation is supposed to do running around like maybe two, possibly 3%. That that's, that's normal rent growth, but 20% rent growth that is in direct relation to people demanding property and not having enough properties available to them. See, what I'm describing right now is market forces. I'm describing to you what would actually happen. I wouldn't get involved with two people and, and start a bidding war between two people. I wouldn't. If, if I had told somebody 1200 is your rent, that's what I'm sticking with. Even if I had somebody over here offer me $1,300, i have already selected the person that I want. I've already told them what the pricing is for the property, so I'm sticking with 1200 but what if, what if I hadn't selected the person for the property and I'm advertising it for 1200 and somebody offers me 1300 would I take the 1300 Probably I would. But first, they have to pass their background and credit checks. 
Yeah, just because they're offering me more money doesn't mean they're a right fit for my property. But having said that, the fact that somebody offered me $1,300 for a property that I was offering for $1,200, that tells me that there's demand for that higher price point. So what am I going to do? I'm probably going to adjust my price point upwards. I'm probably going to adjust it from 1200 to 1300 and see what the market will bear. And then if the market brings me somebody willing to pay $1,300 and their background check is good, their credit check is good, their criminal history is good, they're going to rent my property and they're going to rent it for a higher rent price. That's part of the reason we achieved a 20% rent growth in a little over a year in San Antonio. We come back from the break. I'm going to give you some insight as to what you should be looking for to determine what markets to invest in. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. There is a dream killer here somewhere today. You're going to run into somebody that's going to tell you this stuff doesn't work. Like Vinette said, it's a scam. This is probably a multi-level marketing program. Somebody is going to tell you it doesn't work because you're the wrong race, the wrong age, the wrong sex, the wrong sexual preference, the something or other. And this is all set up so rich people can be successful and all you poor people can't. And if you believe that, they've won. But if you don't, you win. Don't believe the dream killers. Start winning today with the Lifestyles Unlimited free workshop. Get the knowledge you need to replace your income in two to five years, and then find out how to take action. Register for the free online workshop at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, we're talking about markets. We're not talking about supermarkets. We're not talking about department stores. We're not talking about the big box stores. We're talking about real estate Markets. Yes, all the different markets across the United States of America that contain real estate. Now, many of these markets are broken down by geographical area. So you've got like West Coast stuff. You've got East Coast stuff. You've got flyover stuff. You have stuff in the Great White North. You have stuff down here in the southern part of America where I live in the beautiful state of Texas. You have real estate markets positioned all across the United States. And I'm here to tell you some of those markets are outstanding markets and you should be invested in those markets some of those markets are terrible markets and you shouldn't touch them with the 10-foot pole why don't we talk about what makes a good stable market for you i think what you need to find is a stable and growing economy take a look at the economic indicators for the real estate market you're considering and make a determination as to whether or not that economy is healthy or it's not healthy for example I research local government plans for infrastructure development because I find that that gives me a good indication as to whether or not that geographical area is investing tax dollars 
into infrastructure. Because without infrastructure, you can't have real estate. Let's talk about population and demographics. Population growth, I think, is important. You need to find areas that are stable or growing. Um, I tend to think that the younger people, the younger professionals with families are one of those demographic sectors that I like to look at. I know that they are likely to drive housing demand. See, what I'm doing is I'm doing research on the people that I think are going to rent from me. Where, where do you get all this data from, Al? Where, where does it come from? Go on the Internet. Do some searching. Here's the other thing. Take a look at government reports. I know they're boring. I know they're long. I know the size of them is directly proportional to your desire to read them. I get that. But here's the thing about government reports. They actually contain a lot of good information that you can use. You just have to figure out what information you're looking for. Government reports do talk about things like growth trends. It does talk about things like where infrastructure is going in the area. Does that make sense? Okay, so so my, why reinvent the wheel? Just go to the municipality that is responsible for everything in the municipality and see what they have to offer you. It's as simple as that. Where else could you look? How about the census data? Census data? Who wants to look at census data? That's just, all they do is count people. Exactly. They count people. That gives you an indication of how many people are in a particular demographic area, and you can develop your own trend data from that. You, you can look at one particular place and you can say, oh, there's that particular place in the year 2020 had uh, 10,000 people in it. And then in the year 2023, it had uh, 11,000 people in it. Well, right there, we just know in a three year period of time, the trend was the growth increased 10 percent. Yeah, 10 percent growth rate over a three year period or three and a third percent per year. That indicates growth, one of those factors that's important for you to focus on. What about market supply and market demand? I think it's important for you to understand what's out there, and more importantly, who wants it. Yeah, what's out there and who wants it? If you analyze the supply of available properties and the demand for housing in a particular market, you're going to get two great pieces of information that are going to help you a lot. Now, a balanced market with moderate supply and healthy demand offers better investment opportunities. Let me say that again. A balanced market with moderate supply and healthy demand offers a better investment opportunity. Okay? You do with that what you want, but I just gave you some great insider information if you can read between the lines of what I'm talking about. So where do, you, where do you get this information from? How do you find out about market supply and demand? Well, I think the, the best place to turn to is your local real estate agent. Yeah, not any real estate agent, a real estate agent that understands the investor's mindset. That is important. So, and if you have a real estate agent that you work with that is an investor themselves, that's even better. Oh, and I'll make it even sweeter. If they just happen to be a Lifestyles Unlimited member, then they know what you know. Yeah, as far as the information about how to invest correctly. And therefore, they might become an even better advocate or a better ally in your pursuit to find properties. Areas where property prices are relatively lower compared to rental income potential can yield better cash flow and returns on investment. When they get out of balance, things get out of balance. As an example, on the West Coast, 
property balances in most geographic areas are way out of balance. It means the the after repair value of the property is much higher in relation to what the rents are for that particular property. As a result of that, if you're going to buy properties in those particular areas, you're going to have to put a lot more money down in order to develop cash flow on the properties. Otherwise, you run the risk of having something called negative cash flow. So make sure you understand what that balance is between the after repair value of properties in a particular neighborhood and what those properties can rent for. So talk to your real estate agent. Remember, that person is a part of your team. What about affordability when it comes to an actual person? How do you know if people can afford to rent your property? In essence, it's easy to figure it out. I took a look at what the median income is for the San Antonio market. Okay, now, and again, I'm just using the San Antonio market on today's show just because I'm very familiar with it and it's very convenient. It's right in my backyard. So I'm not saying you have to invest in the San Antonio market. I'm just saying it's just a resource for me and take it for what it's worth. If somebody earns $58,000 a year, in the San Antonio market. I know that they can afford on average about $1,600 a month in rent, $1,600 a month in rent. So what is the median income of families in the San Antonio market? Well, do your research. I'm not going to give you the number. I'm not going to give you the number because I want you to go out and do your own research. But here, I will tell you that $58,000 is on the relatively low side. People tend to make a little bit more money, but here's the point I want to make. I want somebody that's going to rent a property from me at $1,600 per month to make at least $58,000 per year in salary. I know that the ratios work. I know that they can afford to pay the rent. I know that the rental payment, even though it's a third of what they make, it's not beyond a third of what they make, and therefore they're not spending too much money on housing and therefore having problems financially in other areas. Now, here's another thing that I know about the San Antonio market. Usually within a household, there are actually two income earners. Now, one income earner probably has a stable job with a W-2 income. The other person may be working under the table, okay? It happens in the United States of America. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong, and it doesn't matter. All I'm saying is that there's additional money that comes into that household, but I don't count that additional money because it can't be verified. Does that make sense? Can't be verified, and therefore, if it helps the household, great. But other than that, I just don't use it. Okay, does that make sense? All right, let's talk about, let's get back to that infrastructure discussion because I think infrastructure is is a great tool for you to use to determine where the growth path of municipalities are going. Yeah, they, they lay it all out for you because you don't just put in infrastructure overnight. Infrastructure is something that takes time to put in. And access to good infrastructure and amenities enhances the desirability of a real estate market. Period, end of story. If your property has proximity to schools, hospitals, public transportation, shopping centers, recreational facilities, all of these things positively impact the value of your property. They're considered amenities for the area. And those amenities are amenities for your property too, or for your neighborhood. If you're you're looking at a particular geographical location, it's an amenity for that market. What about market trends and future prospects? I like to research historical trends and projected growth in the markets help me to understand its potential for future appreciation. Yeah, you heard me correctly. Analyzing past price trends 
and conducting a competitive market analysis can provide me valuable insights into property values. And here, I'll make it even easier. When I do my competitive market analysis, also known as a CMA, I don't do it. I ask my realtor to do it. Why do I ask my realtor to do it? Because they have access to all the data that I need, and I don't have to fumble around the internet trying to find it. One-stop shop for my realtor, and they know exactly how to do it, so they can do it very fast. It's very effective and very efficient for them. Helps me tremendously. Here's another thing that you need to take a look at. You need to take a look at the regulatory environment. Now, I've, I've talked about the reason why I do not invest in California, and the reason I don't invest in California is it is not landlord-friendly. There is legislation on the books in California. There are ordinances on the books in California that favor renters over landlords. And that's not something that I'm interested in. I would rather be in the favorable category. That's part of the reason that I invest in places like Texas and Arizona and Tennessee and, and other places where, well, the Lifestyles Unlimited community invests. You have to understand your local real estate laws, your zoning regulations, and your tax policies especially the tax policies, because how you are taxed is going to have an impact on your number one greatest expense for real estate, taxation. Understand how you are taxed. Understand how that taxation can be modified. There are many places out there where you'll, you'll look at a property and you'll say, oh, well, the taxes are X. And then you go and you buy the property, and then you find a year later that they've reassessed the property because now they're using the new price that you purchased the property at, and they're using that for their market analysis, and all of a sudden your taxes just doubled, just doubled. Understand how taxes are levied in your geographical area. Now, I will tell you, Texas is, is kind of in an area where taxes used to be not a problem for many, many years. And then all of a sudden, we have experienced this growth in Texas. And because our taxes are related to valuations of properties, and because the valuation of all properties in Texas has gone up, our taxes have gone up with it. But there are other parts of the country where taxes are assessed completely differently. Just make sure you understand it. Make sure you understand that regulatory environment and understand that real estate carries risks. Yeah, you heard me correctly. Risks. Every real estate market carries an inherent risk, such as natural disasters, economic downturns, oversupply. So make sure you're doing a risk assessment and you have contingency plans in place to mitigate potential obstacles. Now, there are some people that will not invest right now in Florida or they will not invest in Texas. And the, the reason for them choosing not to invest there is because the insurance industry has made a decision not to insure properties in those areas. Not all insurance carriers have done it, but some have. That is a red flag to some of my fellow Lifestyles Unlimited members. And because of that, they have chosen different marketplaces that they invest their money in. It doesn't matter what you choose to do. Just make sure that your choice is an informed choice. So let's say I'm considering investing in a suburban area that is expecting or experiencing steady population growth due to its proximity to a major city with a thriving job market. The first thing that I would do is I would research the area's economic indicators and its potential for further growth, such as planned infrastructure developments 
and the expansion of local businesses. Then I'd look at the median property prices and the rental rates to assess affordability and rental income potential. I'd visit neighborhoods. If I'm in the area, I'll go to the neighborhoods. If not, I can actually use Google Maps to take a look at the neighborhoods. And the reason I do that is because I want to assess the amenities and the infrastructure. And if I'm going to those local areas, I want to speak with local residents. I actually want to talk to people as well as the local real estate experts to gain insight into the area's market trends and its prospects for helping me and my investing strategy. And by carefully analyzing these factors and conducting thorough research, I can make an informed decision about whether a real estate market is suitable for investment and aligns with my investment goals and risk tolerance, or it doesn't. I don't care what market you ultimately decide to invest in, just make sure that it is an informed decision. And if you want to do what I'm doing, you want to do what the 50,000 members of Lifestyles Unlimited are doing, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, sign up for a free workshop, and let's get you going. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.